Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, February 13th, 2020. Jay Zawoski with you here. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is late. It is 1230 in the morning on Thursday as I record this. And the Blackhawks have just lost their one, two, three, four, five, fifth game in a row. This time 3 nothing to the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to break it all down. We're going to go over the pluses and minuses, and we're going to lament what is a season slipping away from the Blackhawks as we speak. So want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Voicemail 708-653-0572. Email is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Follow my personal account at jayzawoski670 and the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at MadhousePod. Oh, man. This is one of those games where it's tough to be overly pissed about it. The Hawks absolutely positively dominated this hockey game from start to finish. Jacob Markstrom in goal for the Canucks was absolutely playing out of his mind. Out of his mind. The Hawks had several good chances. Not just good chances, great chances. 12 high danger chances for during the game. 49 shots on goal. By far a season high for the Blackhawks. We've been talking over the last little bit here about the Blackhawks' slow starts and them coming out and playing tentatively. Not the case. They came out in the first shift of this game and were aggressive and looking to generate offense and skating with a purpose. And that pretty much carried for 60 minutes. But the Hawks couldn't get a puck past Jacob Markstrom. He stops all 49 Blackhawks shots. Corey Crawford uh, stops 18 of, uh, I'm sorry, 17 of 19, and then the Canucks score on an empty net. It's just, it's slipping away. And I got so worked up about those missed opportunity games earlier in the season, and this is what I'm talking about. Because you're going to have nights like this where the opponent's goaltender just steals a win from you, right? Just takes a, takes victory away from you. And this is a game the Hawks could have won 7-2, to 5-1, to one, whatever, if not for Markstrom's heroics. Instead... The Hawks lose again, shut out, and the playoffs seem like more and more of a pipe dream every second. And it's depressing, and it's frustrating, and there's a lot of things to be depressed and frustrated about. And look, while I'm not going to be overly critical of the performance tonight, there were a lot of things that could have changed, that should have changed, that could be improved And we're going to get to those, obviously, as the game goes on. But now looking at the playoff picture, if there's a little bit of good news, it's that the Calgary Flames lost last night to the LA Kings 5-3. That was the only team that really concerns the Hawks that was in action, aside from, obviously, Vancouver. So looking at the wild card standings now, Calgary and Arizona Tied at 64 points. Calgary has the edge in the, with the first wildcard spot as they've played one fewer game. Winnipeg, 63 points. Minnesota, 60 points. Nashville, 59 points. 
the Blackhawks 58 points. So still six points out of a playoff spot. But they're running out of games, and they've got a lot of teams they need to leapfrog to get in that spot. And it just it feels a lot like last year where they got close, and you started to feel like, okay, maybe this team is better than we thought they were, or maybe they're going to battle through this and actually make it happen and get in the playoffs. And it just goes on and on, and every time there's a big game, they come up short for one reason or another. Last night it was Markstrom being great against the Oilers. Bad power play, right? Against the Jets, coming out flat. Against the Bruins, coming out flat. Against the Wild, coming out flat. It's just, there's something different every single year, or every single game, rather, with the Blackhawks. And, I don't know, like, the moral victory thing is maybe earlier in the season, it makes a little more sense. And I can say like, well, you know, they played well. And if they play like this, they're going to be a lot better. They're going to be fine. But no, it's not the case. It's just, ugh, it is such an aggravating, aggravating thing to watch night after night after night. It really is because they should be better than this. Their personnel is better than this. You've got Jonathan Taves getting pickpocketed and then turning the puck over. You know, it's just, I don't know. There's so many things that we can isolate on in this game, and we're going to in the pluses and minuses. But another two points slip away, and they're still, even though, even with that being the case, they're still within sniffing distance of a playoff spot. But you have to ask yourself, do you believe this is a playoff team? Do you believe it's worth holding on to Eric Gustafson and both of the goaltenders to try to make a run at a playoff spot here? What does it accomplish, right? That's what you have to weigh. That's what Sam Bowman has to weigh. Is getting into the playoffs, is getting over that hurdle, I think that's got a little bit of value to it, right? For the team feeling like, okay, we achieved something this year. We did something this year we didn't do last year. We made the playoffs. And maybe they're out in the first round. Who knows? Or do you need to maximize the return you get and sort of reload and prepare for next season? I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not envy Stan Bowman right now. I don't. But as the deadline gets closer, are you starting to feel like Stan Bowman's job might not be in jeopardy? I have really nothing to base that off of, just kind of like a gut feeling. It just, I don't feel any hot seat coming from the Blackhawks at all. And, you know, sometimes they can surprise you. But it just, it feels like the Hawks organizationally feel like they're better than everybody else feels they are right doesn't it feel that way a little bit I don't know they've got just over two weeks just under two weeks until the trade deadline and they've got some franchise alt potentially franchise altering decisions to make before then this spring follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training 
amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Meet the players and get autographs before games. Enjoy live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. Hiking, biking, jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in a sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has you covered. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go over the pluses and minuses of the Blackhawks' 3 nothing loss at the hands of the hated, the formerly hated, not so much hated anymore, Vancouver Canucks. Let's start with the pluses. First plus of the game for me is going to go to Patrick Kane, who was named the game's number three star, 22-33 of ice time, eight shots on goal, four more shot attempts for Patrick Kane, doing everything he could. He did everything he could. Going to give another plus to Dominic Kubalik. He had seven shots on goal of his own, including some really strong chances early and late. Liked his game last night very much. I thought Kirby Dock had a solid game. Three shots on goal, a big hit on Antoine Rossell. You love to see that, by the way. Screw that guy. What a pud. So, solid game for Kirby Dock as well. I thought um, Slater Cuckoo had a decent game offensively, was sort of finding the right times to sneak in and make plays. Uh, he had a, he had a pretty solid game as well. In only 10 minutes of ice time, Drake Kajula had four shots on goal and four more shot attempts. So that's a guy who plays with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, when he's out there, things seem to happen. He reminds me of like kind of a poor man's Christopher Stieg a little bit. Love to see his production go up a little more. He is playing with Taves and Kubalik, so he doesn't really have the excuse of poor line mates. Um, but man, I, I like what his game is. I like the way he plays. He's aggressive. Didn't love him dropping the gloves considering his concussion history and what he just recovered from. Um, but hey, hockey players are hockey players, and it's hard to talk them out of those things, especially when they're challenged against a team with the, that's a historical rival to the Blackhawks. So I'm going to give another plus, and I, it's almost... You hate to do it, but you've got to be honest about things. Uh, Daniel and Henrik Sedin honored before the game. Two really great players for a really long time. Uh, so it's always cool when you see guys get their numbers retired, whether you loved them or hate them. I didn't really hate the Sedins. They were just on a team I hated at the time. But really good players, good guys, uh, good good for the game, very much so. So good to see them honored. Uh, I thought it was cool that the Hawks wore... Sedin stickers on the back of their helmets that was a little bit surprising to me but cool that the Hawks would let that happen and that leads me very nicely into the minuses I got to give a minus to Canucks fans who are maybe the most hypocritical in the world when it comes to this you're gonna boo Duncan Keith every time he touches the puck right because he elbowed I forget which Sedin it was. doesn't matter. They're both the same. Years ago. Now, look, it was a dirty play. No doubt about it. It's a heated rivalry. I understand. But for the Vancouver effing Canucks 
to boo Duncan Keith, a guy who had maybe one bad moment like that in his career. Maybe I'm forgetting ones. We'll say two, maybe three in his career. The same organization that employed Rafi Torres and earlier guys like Yarko Rutu, my beloved Tuomo's brother, Kevin Bieksa, Alex Burrows, Willie Mitchell. Get out of here with booing Duncan Keith. You employed a team of pieces of crap. Ryan Kessler is another one. Don't get on your high horse and boo Duncan Keith for one hit he made over passionate playoff series. I'm not excusing it, but look at the history here. If Dave Boland was still on the Hawks, fine. If Dustin Bufflin was still on the Hawks, fine. Duncan Keith? The guy is one of the classiest players in the game. It's just a weird thing to... I don't know. It's a, it's just kind of an odd an odd thing to isolate on when historically your team has been cheap shot artists at least during that rivalry. That's what the Canucks were most known for. Was cheap shots and hair pulling and turtling and all the things that make you hate a hockey team. That's what the Canucks were. So don't boo Duncan Keith just cuz he kicked your ass for the better part of a decade. Ugh. Anyway, Next minus goes to Jeremy Cowden, and it feels like a, a trend that he's been mentioned a lot lately, but the results aren't there, and this is the second year in a row where the Hawks have been right there. The Hawks were in the playoffs last year for an hour. <laughs> they were in the playoffs for an hour last year and lost it. That was it. This year, they're within a couple points of the playoffs and now they cannot stop losing it's just unbelievable and you've got to give some of the blame to the head coach he's got to get these guys ready to go and he's not and they were ready to go last night I'm not going to lie about that I'm not going to pretend just because they lost they weren't ready to go but you look back at the other previous four games and they weren't and how about this who's the hottest Blackhawk right now in his last five games he's got three goals and an assist his name is Brandon Saad Brandon Saad saw 0.00 power play time last night now he's not the most electrifying power play guy in the world but Zach Smith, who left the game and did not return, had 317 of power play time. When he got hurt, Ryan Carpenter came in and played 205 on the power play. You can't put Brandon Sod in there? Really? You can't put Brandon Sod in there, huh? You're just unwilling to do that. Alex Debrinkit. Three shots on goal in 15 minutes. 404 of power play time. Another night of him being a non-factor. Dylan Strom, 344 power play time. One shot on goal the entire game. You've got to play the guys that are doing the job. And like, you know, in la yesterday's podcast, I talked about 
playing Zach Smith on the power play and how maybe it makes sense if you're trying to simplify things a little bit. But why not try the guy that's playing the best hockey and has been, aside from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and maybe more than Taves, your most consistent forward this year? That's Brandon Zod. He has been the most consistent with overall performance. And while the statistical you know, performance hasn't been there as much as the other two guys, he does have 17 goals. He's been one of your most effective forwards all season long. But instead, you got to give ice time to Zach Smith and Ryan Carpenter. And I know that those guys can play center. I get it. I understand that. But look at the way the power play sets up. You're not exactly dominating at the dot anyway. The Hawks won 44% of their faceoffs. The only guy over 50% for the night was Jonathan Taves, who was 62%. Ryan Carpenter was 33%. I'm sorry, he was 22%. Brandon Zah was 33%. So don't give me that either. Think outside the box, try new things, play the hot hand. Don't play guys based on reputation. And I feel like that's what, aside from Zach Smith and Ryan Carpenter, which is sort of an inexplicable thing to do, that's what Jeremy Cowan's doing. He's playing guys based on reputation. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hawks lose 3-0 to the Vancouver Canucks. Still, I guess only is the correct word to use, six points out of a playoff spot, but plenty of teams to jump if they want to get in there. They've got to jump Nashville, who they play next week. they got to jump Minnesota, who they just lost to. They have to jump Winnipeg, who they play Sunday, Arizona, Calgary, all ahead of them. A lot of work to do, running out of time to do it. A really mostly solid performance from the Hawks, really a dominating performance. So let's go down to the number line and take a look deeper into this game. The Blackhawks hold, held a 70-30 Corsi 4 advantage at 5-on-5, five 58 shot attempts for the Blackhawks to only 25 for the Vancouver Canucks. The Blackhawks had 49 shots on goal in this game. I mentioned some of the shot leaders. Patrick Kane, eight shots on goal. Drake Kajula, four shots on goal. Jonathan Taze, five shots on goal. Ryan Carpenter, three. Dabrinkit, three. Kubalik, seven. Duncan Keith had four of his own. The Hawks were aggressive with their shots. And if Jacob Markstrom had not played as well as he'd played, the Blackhawks would have won this game. This is the formula. Even on the power play, that for the most part kind of sucked, as it traditionally does for the Blackhawks, right? They got a couple really solid looks against Markstrom on the power play. They were one-and-done opportunities, but they were there. It took some time, but they were able to generate some shot attempts, and I think what they saw from Edmonton on Tuesday sort of rubbed off on them a little bit. They saw that the best power play in the league, their mentality was to shoot. Be aggressive with your shots on goal. They They did that last night against Vancouver. They didn't get the results, but if they do that most nights, they're going to get those results. The high danger chances for 
12 for the Blackhawks, 5 for the Canucks. Man, just uh, they really had a dominating performance. The third period, the Blackhawks had an 86% Corsi percentage, 85.71 to be exact. 18 shot attempts for, 3 against. When it comes to shots on goal, 16 shots for, 5 against in the third period. For the most part, the Hawks did everything right. And they just came up short. And once again, we are stuck to look back on missed opportunities and points they should have had that they left behind or slow starts or the first month of the season. It's slipping away. And moral victories two weeks before the trade deadline don't mean much to me. I'm sorry. You've got to get two points. I'll take two ugly points over zero pretty points any night. They've got Calgary on Saturday, Winnipeg on Sunday. Huge, huge, huge opportunity. Then New York, Nashville, Dallas. The day after Dallas is the trade deadline. Then it's St. Louis. Then it's Tampa. Then it's Florida. See, it's not getting easier for the Blackhawks here. It's really not. So I said they need to take six of eight on this road trip starting on Tuesday night against Edmonton. They have only have four possible points now. It's must win. It's must win time for the Blackhawks. They're going to have to find a way to beat Calgary in regulation, beat Winnipeg in regulation, and pretty much win out until the trade deadline. Otherwise, my mind is in total sell mode. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you stayed up and watched that whole game. I know it was a late one. I'm wrapping this podcast up at 12.45 a.m. I have to be up for work at 6 a.m., so it's a little shorter than usual, but I appreciate you being here with me. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We will talk to you on Friday morning.